It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody joining us. I am Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com, part of the On3 Sports Network. If you're not a subscriber at AuburnLive.com, please go subscribe. It's 10 bucks for the next 12 months. That's going to go away quickly, I promise you. Um, probably by the time signing days and stuff happen, it, it'll be gone. So uh, be a part of AuburnLive.com. If you were not already there, um, it's been an incredible two, three months on the side of growth. And so be a part of our community. It's uh, It's amazing. All right, let's jump right into it. Monday morning quarterback, as we always do um, after Auburn football games with former Auburn quarterback Ben Leard, who is driving to Illinois. <laughs> I am. I'm on the road, Hope. It's uh, last, was it last week? We we did the show in camouflage after a dove hunt. And uh, yeah. this this week, I am headed to Illinois to do a, uh, to, to deer hunt the Midwest with a boat. So I'm a, uh, I'm excited, man. The Brave the Braves are up three one. Our Tigers won last night and getting ready to go to Texas AM. They've got a they've got a good thing going right now, man. They sure do. Yeah, well, I think we'll just start doing um I think we'll just start doing like each Sunday. We'll just we'll just start the show and we'll have people just kind of guess where you where and what you're doing. that's um, right. Like where like where's Waldo? You know, been at the beach once. Um and so I don't know. He doesn't work, people. He just, just, he just you know, does whatever. Um, man, all right, let's jump into it. Big win for Auburn. Um, I kind of went into the game. We, we did our modcast on Saturday morning. And so the day before the game, I was pretty much, I think it can go either way. I mean, that's kind of where I was at. I, I, I thought that there were some things Auburn could take advantage of. I thought there were some matchups that might be tough, but I just – it felt like one of those games that really could go either way. It's something weird's going to happen, that kind of deal. Um, but you know, to Auburn's credit, you know, wire to wire, they won. I mean, it was a very, it was obviously a competitive game. Total yardage, everything was really close. The difference was just Auburn making a few more stops. Um, but they went wire to wire um, and and won that football game. What 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 were your thoughts last night? Um, and and the more you had time to to think about it today on on. Not just Harson's first top ten win at Auburn. I think I'd have to go back and check. I think it's his first top ten win. Period. I'm not sure he had a top ten win at, at Boise. Um, but anyway, big big win. Man, it was it was huge. Hope I, I think it was a as a as a staff, it's a huge feather in their cap, huge feather in the cap of the entire football team to have a top ten win. You know, coming off wins versus LSU, a win in Fayetteville, and then the the, the the atmosphere that was there last night, a night game in Jordan Hare, it was it was insane. It was absolutely electric. And it was a fun part, fun thing to be a part of. But you know, looking at the game, I yes, it was close and statistically it was a close game. But man, you just you just you you felt good about where Auburn was and how they were playing offensively and defensively. I, I think they had a tremendous offensive game plan. 
and quite frankly, I think they I think they left they probably left between ten and fourteen points on the field, uh, and you know got some situations where some drives got stymied late. Obviously, a missed field goal. You know, I believe in the in the third quarter of that ball game, um, but defensively, man, I I was so proud of the way they played defensively. They absolutely got after it. And you, and you if you look at the stats, you're going to think, oh, it, you know, wasn't that great of a performance by Auburn's defense. But you have to put that into perspective of how good a quarterback and how good Ole Miss's offense is. They're going to get theirs. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to rack up yards. They're going to potentially score points. But when you look at it from the perspective of the entire time Lane Kiffin has been there, if that's not the least points given up to a Lane Kiffin offense, I it's pretty close. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's the I think it's the least that he's scored in, um, you know, maybe at maybe at Ole Miss. I mean, it's it's been a long time since they've been held to, to twenty points, and I'm not sure Lane Kiffin offense has been held to twenty points at Ole, at Ole Miss. And then and then and then you go back and look at it. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding why why Lane was chasing points so often. I, I think. I think they were maybe one of five for fourth down attempts. I know they only got one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, one of four. And, man, defensively, they, they just got after it. The defensive front did a tremendous job with not falling for the eye candy with, you know, the things that they were doing with Plumlee in the backfield. They, they, you could tell strategically they were well coached. They knew what to expect. And, and I don't know that I noticed with the naked eye, I didn't notice any busted coverages. You know, there were a lot of situations where you get a little bit frustrated seeing such a cushion on the slot. You know, they did a really good job, Ole Miss's offense, that is, uh, 81 in the seam off of the play action. And a lot of that is, you know, is, is the safety, is he is he not comfortable playing two to three more steps closer to the line of scrimmage? Are they more concerned with giving up the deep ball, not only to the slot receiver or the slot tight end, but are they more concerned with the deep post and the safety not being able to cover his third of the field yeah. to, a, to a receiver on a post or a deep route? So there, there's got to be method to the madness of what Derek Mason is doing. And I, I don't know – and I was telling a friend of mine earlier today, I don't know that I have seen an Auburn offense get the ball with five, four minutes and 52 some odd seconds to go in the ball game. Ole Miss has two timeouts and be able to secure a game, you know, the way that they did. They ran the football, they converted, got two or three first downs. They were gashing Ole Miss on the ground at that point, you know, kind of imposing their will on, up front. And I just, they just, it was one of those things, man. I, and I think it, I think it bared some truth in the fact that Auburn, Auburn watched game day. They listened to everybody say what they were going to say. And that stuck in their crawl a little bit, I think. I think it bothered them. And, then, and when they came out, when they came out last night, man, they got after their ass. And that was, that's one of those things that I think they can hang their hat on and take that into, Take that into College Station, and it be a game that they can that they can rest on and, and know that they've got good things coming, and something to build on as well. 
Yeah, I think, um, and we can start with the, with the defense. I mean, you know, going in, I, I thought they needed a similar game plan against Arkansas. I and mean, we talked about, um, you know, hey, look, they're gonna they're they're a big play offense. They're gonna get some yards. It's about limiting big plays, and it's about you know getting some fourth down stops. We knew they were gonna go for it, um, and and that's what Auburn did. I think Ole Miss averaged about five something yards per play. I think Auburn averaged more yards per play again, just like they did against Arkansas. Um, Ole Miss ran more plays. Auburn had more yards. Um, but really that second half, Ole Miss was two for 11 on third and fourth down combined in the second half. Um, and that ended up being, you know, the difference Auburn holding them to a field goal and then, uh, and then intercepting them in the end zone, Jalen Simpson, and then, uh, and then holding them a couple other times after Demetrius Robertson's muff punt, they held them. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, they just, they were the def- they were the better defense. And, and and more capable of making stops, really. Um, you know, Auburn had a drive, Kobe Hudson's fumble um, that stopped the drive. They had a, they had a, they had a missed field goal, so they kind of stopped themselves, I think, there. Um, but I was surprised by, you know, just kind of – that Lane Kiffin's decisions are – I mean, against Alabama and Auburn, it's hard not to look at that and go – he's losing them the football game. Um, you know, his decisions, I mean, Auburn was like, hey, okay. I mean, if you go for it and don't get it, it's like a turnover for us. And so yeah. that when you play Ole Miss, that's the deal. They're going to go for it on fourth down. And so you're like, okay, if we make some of these fourth down stops, that's going to end up being the difference in the ball game. And, and, Auburn, and Auburn did the job. His, his analytics guy failed him yesterday. That was – that was point blank, but you're exactly right, Hope. It, it's it's feast or famine. Yeah. But I think I just think it's one of those things. I think that you could tell, you really could tell that Auburn's defense was well coached yesterday. They had been prepared. They wide receivers and there was really only one instance especially with the pace that Ole Miss runs their offense there was only one instance where there was an alignment issue and that was coming off of a big play to the exact same receiver yeah so I mean I and, and Derek Mason and his staff made some tremendous adjustments in the second half or excuse me at halftime because that's really where that's really where they're tight they they tighten the reins on them a little bit in the third and fourth quarter. So I, I was, man, just elated at how hard they played and, and how you could tell having Owen back was a huge shot in the arm. Having TD back gave them an extra added bit of depth yep. at the defensive line with uh, with the ability to put some pressure on Corral. And they just, they just, man, they just got after it. And it was, Top to bottom, just a just a great performance against a really really good quarterback. I mean, he is win, lose or draw. Matt Corral, in my mind, is is one of the top three quarterbacks in the country, if not the top. And Auburn figured out a way to figured out a way to cause him to throw a pick in the end zone. Um, you know, really really hurried and rushed him in the in the pocket, and found a found a way to win. Found a way to to put Auburn's and score points and come out with a W. 
Um, yeah, sorry, you were breaking up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I would I would agree. Matt Corral was really good, and I said when he got injured, um, I tweeted when he when he walked off the field or what whatever before you know when he was on the sideline somewhere. I tweeted, I said, if he can come back in, he's coming back. Uh, he's too tough a player. And uh, and and he looked fine. I think it was just a precautionary thing. It wrapped him up, and um, you know, probably limited their play calling a tad. You know, maybe there's some designed runs that they didn't call. Um, but but you know, he was still able to scramble and and do some good things. You mentioned Papo and Moultrie coming back. I think that was that was certainly uh, important. And Auburn did a good job against um, Ole Miss's run game. Look, they came in averaging 263 yards per game, leading the league. Uh, Auburn gave up 157 yards rushing. Now, part of that number is Matt Corral running. So it's a little skewed, but um, Auburn did a good job. I mean, I don't think – I think Ole Miss had three runs of 10-plus yards. That's it. Now, they had some big pass plays. Like you said, Tempo got them a few times, and the Auburn defense gave up some pass plays um, in the second half. But uh, but running the ball, they didn't, they didn't get gash running. Which was which they did against Arkansas. You remember Arkansas gashed them a little bit running the football. Auburn didn't yeah. didn't get gashed really um, against Ole Miss. They made them they made them work for it. I was writing on on AuburnLive.com. I wrote um, just kind of some thoughts aftermath of the game. And when thinking about this defense, it reminds me a lot of the 2010 defense under Ted Roof because that defense was pretty good against the run. They had a couple of stars. Uh, they were, you know, average at best against the pass. This team's got good corners, but still overall, you know, Auburn's given up some yardage through the air. But that team in the second – it was amazing. The first half and the second half, that defense was like a different defense. And when it mattered – red zone, they were really good. When it mattered, that 2010 defense would 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 bend but not break. And this defense has a lot of similarities to that defense to me. They're pretty good against the run. They're going to give up some yards through the air. They're making adjustments at halftime, and uh, and then they're you know they're doing a good job against Arkansas, LSU, and Ole Miss. Auburn has not given up a fourth quarter point. They're tw- they're uh, they're twenty seven to nothing in the in the fourth quarter in those three games, and so it just reminds me so much of that that defense ten or I guess eleven years ago. And man, you know you, that's an unreal statistic when you think about it. That's just the ability to close. That's the ability to step on somebody. Period. It's it, it and it's I can tell you from the offensive side of the ball, that is a huge vote of confidence from the standpoint of knowing our guys dial it in in the fourth quarter. They step on their throat and finish games. Whether or not you know you go into the you go into the fourth quarter as as a football team being concerned with losing a potential lead, right? With with hanging on. When you got that level of performance, especially the last handful of games, the last handful of big games, to be able to play that well and and and, play, and still play loose, that is a major major player team, and it's a huge notch of confidence that the offense what can have to not play tight, to still play within your game plan, do what you do. And you know that regardless of whatever happens, you can kind of have a little bit of swagger about the fact that our defense has us. You know, if our guy if our guy muffs a punt, it's okay. We got it. They'll we'll get they'll get us the ball right back. You know, those types of things are huge. And for to know that to know that 
and and to play at that that high a level in the second half and most importantly in the fourth quarter, that will win you games more times than it won't. And you're exactly right. That was it's very very reminiscent to the 2010 team and the fact that you know this particular defense, it's got it, it has some really really good players. Yeah, it really does. Does it have guys that are just absolute definite first rounders and guys that are going to play for 10, 15 years on Sundays? Probably not. But for some reason, they've got to, they've got it figured out on ways they play together. And I'd rather have that than anything. A guy that a guy that has has kind of been exposed a little bit that I thought played a phenomenal game yesterday is Smoke Monday. I thought Smoke had a really, really good game. He performed well. He played well in coverage. He filled the alley well in the run game. And they just do a lot of good creative things with him off the edge at, at unknown times. And it really puts it puts an added bit of pressure on the quarterback to make sure they know where 21 is. So, you know, I think Smoke's coming into his own under, under Derek Mason's leadership just at the right time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they're missing just a few pieces. I think Smoke played well. I think safety position uh, got a little banged up yesterday. At one point, Puckett and Knighton went out. And at one point, actually, that was actually a big moment. Zion Puckett went out. The next play, Badarius Knighton goes out. And then a play or two later is the Jalen Simpson interception in the end zone where Malcolm Askew's in there and Donovan Kaufman. That's your that's your fourth and fifth safety or something. Um that are in there and and did their job and uh, Jalen Simpson came over and picked the ball off and I think defensive line they're probably lacking they need they need more depth there and more talent there um, but they they fight hard I mean they've got enough pieces that if they fight hard and stay in it they'll make some plays I mean and that's kind of what what they are I mean they're going to give up some yards but they're also going to do some really good things they've got enough players to to do that and to make things somewhat somewhat um difficult yeah no doubt they and the most important piece to that to that recipe is that by the way they play and and you can tell by the way they carry themselves they believe in one another yeah they they and that's that's leadership that's leadership whether it be from the veterans on that on that team or the veterans on that side of the ball like guys like Zacoby and owen to be able to lead by example and and really bring it, but it's also leadership by that football team. I mean, I, I think I think the way that these kids are playing right now is a total one hundred percent personification of the of the attitude and the process, the one and zero mentality of Brian Harson and that staff. They to see how excited they are post game in the locker room as a former player. That's cool. Hope I, I cannot tell you how awesome that is to watch. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I can remember back in the day how excited we get to sing the fight song after a victory, and to see these kids carry themselves the way they do post game when Harson walks in the locker room and they're picking him up, throwing the water everywhere, singing the fight song with 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 enthusiasm. Yeah, I, it's it may it 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 gets you it gives me chills to watch it. Every single W. I don't care if they're on the road, if they're at home. It is 100% the reason, the reason why it's exciting to be a Tiger, and it is it's awesome to watch. Yeah, that was a really cool moment um, 
watching that, I, I tweeted that video out and I said, um, I said, look, this isn't fake. I said, this, this, what you're seeing in this video is um, a foundation being built. It, yep. you know, it's a culture being built. And I said, good for the players and, and good for Brian Harson because you're right. I, yep. Here's about, I mean, there's no about not a better feeling for a player than to have that kind of joy under a new coaching staff. Like when, well, forget football, when things come together, when you believe in something and you see it happen and you see it come together, that's that's what they're feeling is they're putting the work yeah. in and then they win that game and they win Arkansas. That's what they're seeing. I mean, it's about it coming to fruition and and just that like, holy smokes, man, we we believed we we he told us to believe we did. We worked really hard and dang, if we didn't do it like that's a pretty awesome feeling. It is. You can tell. It is 100% raw emotion and vulnerability. And that is that man, that's exciting. I mean, it I like just like right now, it gives me chills to think about it and, and just in, in, in envision those kids in there, they're, they're waiting on their leader to walk in the door and, and they're going to, ju- they're just going to pour over it. I mean, it's, it is, it is unreal to watch it. Like you said, and, and it's got to be a sense of accomplishment. And, and because Harson, Brian Harson and this staff, they're, they're laying a foundation for long-term success. But it has got to be a huge sense of accomplishment for him to be able to say, guys, while, while we aren't there yet, this, you can see, you can sense, you can sense what we're doing is working. And so for him to maintain that buy-in and really he's capitalizing maybe on some guys that have been on the fence a little bit, right? I mean, there's still going to be some skepticism, but to continue to win and win the games that they're winning, win the way that they're winning and do it with such excitement and just raw, just flat out emotion is, it's a huge notch in the belt, not only for Auburn, but it's a huge notch in the belt for these, for these players, most importantly, and this staff as well. And I, and I love, and I'll move on to another subject, but I love in that video, you see right up there in front, you see Smoke Monday, you see Owen Papo, you see Colby Wooden, you see Derek Hall, um, you see Bo Nix, you see the leaders, you see the yep. best players on the team. He's got those guys, the Chandler, yep. Wooden, the guys, those, those dudes, he, those dudes are what, Harson would like to build a program around. Give you a bunch of Derek Halls and Chandler Wootens um, and Owen Papos. I mean, those guys expect a certain standard from the from their teammates. And anyway, you can just tell it's not just a yep. random locker room. And you look and see those guys are in the middle of it. They're as excited as as um, as anybody. And they've played a ton of football and they've won games. Like it's not you know. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to watch. All right, uh, yep. real quick, let's move to the offense real quick. Um, Super efficient game, sputtered second half, uh, some mistakes, weird second half. Um, but, man, great in the first half, 28 first half points. Brian Harson said after the game, Mike Bobo was seems to be finding his groove. I wrote about that a little bit. Um, and, and, and you look at what he's done the last three, four games, there's no secret that, that Bo Nix, has, his success has gone along with, I think, the offense's success. Even Georgia – a game where Auburn scored 10, you know, if if players catch passes, um, both complete 70-plus percent, 
and, and that Auburn offense does more against that defense than anybody has this year if players just catch the ball, period. Um, but he said Bobo seems to be finding his groove. They ran the ball better for the first time since Penn State. Tank Bigsby went for 100 yards. He went for a season-high 140. Uh, and much like Arkansas, last drive of the game when they absolutely needed it, they ran the ball. Seven straight runs, 43 yards, ran out the clock um, when they when they needed to, just the same way they did uh, against Arkansas. So it's kind of like very much like the defense. When it mattered, they did what they needed to do um, on that on that offense on that offensive side of the ball. Um, so what are your kind of your impressions on Bo Nix's game and just the offense in general? What are you seeing? What are you liking? A bunch of guys caught balls too. That's like another, another ten guys caught balls. Yeah. They, they, man, a bunch of guys caught balls, which obviously keeps a defense on their toes, not knowing who to focus on. Um, you know, I thought Bo, I thought Bo had another really, really strong ball game. Statistically, he was very good from the standpoint of yardage. Obviously, on the ground, he did some really good things. Um, you know, the the long sack was, you know, probably a little bit debilitating on his on his yardage and, and rushing stats, but that that's going to happen. And and with the exception of of really kind of a what I would consider a little bit of they seem to be off a little bit in the third quarter. There was a an errant snap by Brahms that I thought Bo made a tremendous heads up play to oh, yeah. field to field that snap, you know, give give Robertson a chance to make a play if if he can, but if not, it's 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 nothing, it's no no loss, no gain, right? Yep. Um, but man. I do. I agree with you in the sense that I think Mike Bobo, he's he's got something up his sleeve. He's got this. He's got his personnel figured out, and and understands what to dial and when to dial it. The use of the tight ends, man, I love. I love seeing them line up, and you know everybody in the stadium knows that they're about to run the football. Yeah. And they do it with they do it with success, getting it four or five, six yards a chunk. Oh, lost your brother. Oh, his phone his phone fell. He did not get in a wreck. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There we go. So hitting, hitting, hitting four, five, six yards a chunk to know that they're going to do it and have success, that is a major, major confidence booster yeah to know those kind of i i still think i think they are figuring out ways and it's something they had not done early on they're figuring out ways that bo nicks can contribute in the run game it's obvious you know with the two touchdowns that he had yesterday because he's got some speed man he's he's mobile and can do things to put additional pressure especially on the end line of the defense and and gain yardage to convert us, you know, convert for a first down or put the ball in the end zone. But I've really enjoyed seeing the evolution of, of Shedrick Jackson. He's doing some really good things. Bo is doing things on third downs that they had he had not done the past two years from the standpoint of 
if it's and this is one thing that frustrates me in watching offenses, and I guess it's just the fact that I think so simplistically. Huh. If it's third and six, don't try to throw a twenty-seven yard post route. <laughs> you know, yeah. Run it. Run an eight-yard curl. Get the first down. Live to play another three downs. And I think that's that is a level of of minutia that Mike Bobo brings to this offensive execution. Guys, we're going to throw sticks. We're going to throw curls. We're going to throw outs. We're going to throw bubble screens. We're going to play and execute this particular play so that we accomplish a first down and we are guaranteed three more plays to drive the field. That is that is offensive one-on-one, period. Not every play has to be a touchdown. Not every play has to be a 40-yard bomb. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing I think that Mike is coaching Bo Nix on and understanding how to truly play the position, not only physically, but mentally. And it's, it is coming, it's coming to a head. And you've been able to see it, especially against LSU, Arkansas, and this game yesterday against Ole Miss. And I, I really, really think that Mike – has become comfortable with his guys. He's become comfortable with his players and knows what to do and when to do it, and they're executing when they have the opportunity. Yeah. Um, no, I would I would agree with you. Um, and I was thinking back about the game. I mean, they didn't really even – Auburn didn't even really take a lot of shots. I'm sure, you know, part of that is because of the defense, and if, if they're playing over the top, you're not necessarily going to. But, you know, there weren't um, – I mean, they might have dialed up a couple. I know they dialed up a couple, but they didn't take them. Um, I mentioned something on the site just kind of in my, some, some of my thoughts afterwards um, about Brian Harson's approach to Bo Nix. And I just continue to – you know, I'm – I'm fascinated with, you know, listening to people and just trying to kind of get a vibe of what Brian Harson's about um, and what kind of leader he is. Um, and and it's interesting to hear him talk about his players. So he was asked after the game about Bo Nix's performance. Now, I wrote, I said, now keep in mind, I said I was trying to contrast this. Think back to Bo Nix's first game. A comeback win over Oregon, great win. What does Gus Malzahn say after the game? That guy's going to win championships. And I wrote, I'm like, now, like, think back now. One game in, and he says, that guy's going to win championships. Like, based on what? Based on what? And and so you think about the way he talked up Bo Nix. Well, since then, it's been a roller coaster with Bo Nix. And and Gus did him no favors. That offense was inefficient, and it did him no favors in becoming a better quarterback. Then you think about – Bo Nix has just played his best, you know, three or four game stretch, maybe of his career, probably certainly his best two. He had a good two game stretch and he's had some good little stretches, but there's some poise and consistency here. That's, that's really impressive. Um, and, and, and Brian Harson's asked about him after the game and he says, Brian Harson could have said, I'm so proud of Bo. Well, guy's been through so much and, and, and man, I mean, he's just, he, he, he could Harson could have stood up there and said, "Look, I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the in the country right now." I mean, he could have said that. He could have said that about his guy. Instead, he says, yeah. "Instead, he says he's really consistent. He's doing. Re- he's he's consistent. Consistency is the key at quarterback. 
he goes, you know, he's, he's balanced, he's running the ball a little bit. He's balanced and he's getting better. He's getting better every week. And I'm like, what a contrast to game one. Malzahn's talking about championships. And if that were Gus, he'd have been like, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country right now. I think you got to look at him, you know, something like that. And, and, and that, it just, I love Harson's approach and I love it with Bo Nick specifically. And that is just like, yeah, I mean, that's, you, you did your job. You were consistent. That's all you, you just be consistent and you're getting better. Congratulations. Like he loves Bo, but, but I just like his approach and you know, and with Harson, that's not just, that's not press conference speak. That's not anything. That's how he thinks. And it's rubbing off on the team. Like that one and no mentality is the real deal. And uh, I just, I just continue to like, he's not too high. He's not too low. It's about the standard. Either you're hitting it or you're not. And if you are, I'm not going to sit up there and say you could win, you should win the Heisman. I'm going to sit up there and say you're you're doing your job and and we're yeah. you know, we're happy. You know what I mean? It, it hope it's and I'm sure all all the listeners experience this in the corporate world. That the job is let's say the job is working from eight to five, right? Showing up at eight, working till five, and getting off. You don't deserve a pat on the back for that. <laughs> that's it. That's that's that is not. That is not something that you deserve a ticker tape parade for. You don't need to get the keys to the city for doing your job. And that is one, I'm, I agree with you, man. I love the fact that Harson practices and exhibits an extreme sense of humility for these kids and not giving him national championship Heisman kudos when really and truly he, he hadn't deserved it. To say that, oh, he's going to win championships, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like you said, based on what? And I think very similar to Nick Saban, it is do your job, play the way that you are coached, and good things will happen. Your play will show that. The, the, the execution of your responsibilities – will lead to wins. Leading to wins ultimately leads to championships. Well, here we go. That's exactly why you're playing college football. That's exactly why you're in the SEC. And that is exactly why you came to play at Auburn, is to compete for championships. And I I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal in the sense that he has a, a standard. He has a baseline for every single position. Not every single individual player. The safeties, this is what your job is. If you do it, you will play. If you don't, you will not. He doesn't care if it's the quarterback. He doesn't care if it's the left tackle. He doesn't care who it is. If you live up to my standard and you execute at that level, you will play. You you said it best several weeks ago after the Georgia State game. Why does benching Bo Nix have to be such a big deal? Why, it, if he if he didn't execute, he sat the running back down. Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen that between Tank and Jarquez. Yeah, you know, he he'd sit. If Nick Brahms wasn't playing well, he'd bench his ass too. <laughs> so that's just that's just the way Brian Harson coaches. That's the way he leads these young men, and I I think it's phenomenal. Don't give them participation trophies give them championship trophies. 
and he's putting them in position to win championships if they live up to the standard that he has set forth. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I continue to enjoy how he, uh, how he, um, how he talks about um, it just keeps a level head on, on his approach to things. Um, All right. So Auburn moves up to 12th in the polls. Uh, I think A&M's at 14 or A&M's at 13. They're, they're right, right there about the same spot. CBS 230 uh, this Saturday, Auburn goes to College Station. What a massive game. We remember when Auburn went there in 13. Um, A&M's playing really good football. I think they're probably a little better than Auburn in the trenches. Um, but, man, I mean, this is the game. You, you, you got this game now. You got Mississippi State who just knocked off Kentucky. They're a good football team, too. You still have them. Like, you know, you're sitting here looking at the schedule like, all right, you got Ole Miss and you got A&M and Alabama. Well, now here's Mississippi State. Like, Mississippi State could be in the top 25 by the time Auburn plays them. I mean, it's unreal. Um, Hope there's, hope there's no let off, dude. There, uh, there's, there's no let off. And yeah. I, it's, I'm, it's got to be exhausting to these young men, but everybody else in the SEC is facing the same thing. Yeah. And it, it is what it is. That's, that's why the, the level of these players came to, the play, came to play at the places that they're playing. And – you know, Mississippi State's coming into their own. Will Rogers is playing very, very well for a quarterback. You know, for Mike Leach, defensively, they're very opportunistic and they just make they just make things happen. But no. you know, like you said, I, I I agree with you in the sense in in you know, kind of putting that stamp with regards to AM in the trenches. They are especially on the defensive front. They're really, really good in their front seven, very athletic. At the quarterback position, you don't know who's going to show up. But, you know, any time you give Jimbo Fisher the football, he's going to come up with something offensively to have some success. The one thing that I do think – it's not necessarily that it plays in Auburn's favor, but I don't think it's – I don't think playing at AM is a big deal. It's, it's not an intimidating place to play. And I – I just I don't think it would be similar to going to Tuscaloosa or to going to Athens. For yeah. some reason, AM just doesn't it doesn't strike fear in opponents the way these other stadiums do. And I, I think that is a I think that's a relief as a as a visitor, as an opponent, and I, obviously hopefully beneficial for Auburn on Saturday. Yeah. Well I'll I'll sounds like you're providing bulletin board material for no, I get your point. It, it's 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 a, it's a different vibe. Like LSU, you're like, yeah, yeah. You know, Georgia, it's a different. It's plenty yeah. loud. Look, Alabama went in there and came out with an L. Uh, it's a yeah. just, it's a little it's a little different of a vibe. And by the way, that's not if not that an A and M fan is listening to this podcast that I need to worry about. But in case they are. Uh, that's not really – I wouldn't take that as a knock. I would rather go to a game at College Station. I love it there. It's just – I get what you're no, saying. No. It's, it's a – And, and it's – you're right, dude. I, I don't mean it – I don't mean it disrespectfully that it that it's a cakewalk. You know, it's not yeah. like going to Vanderbilt by anything. <laughs> but it's, it is extremely loud. I mean, obviously, the 12th man is one of the most, not, you know, notorious, you know, historic things that there are in college football. Yeah. But it's it's – it just doesn't put off the hostile vibe. 
you know, it doesn't put off that vibe like you said, Death Valley does at night yeah. or going to Athens and it, those types of things. I, I'm, I'm with you and not to sound being as if I'm trying to be disrespectful to A&M, but, you know, that that's just that's just is what it is. I mean, they 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 don't they don't like to boo. I mean, like I, it's in their yell book rules. We do not boo. OK, cool. That's one thing you ain't got to worry about. They yeah. and there, it's just not as it just doesn't put off that it like I think you you hit it on the head. It doesn't put off a hostile vibe that that an opponent is just oh man, what have we gotten into? Yeah. Um, well, you look at Auburn; they're six and two. I mean, when we, you know, I I think every discussion I had, I was pretty much the consensus. I think was like eight and four would be a really good year. Um, some, you know, no matter kind of how that turns out, I think you look at it. I think beating Ole Miss was, was something you thought you could do to begin the season. Arkansas was too, but I think both those teams are a little better than you thought they were. So that's, I think that's a good thing. I think Auburn could go uh, eight and four this year, and it'd be a little bit better than than what we thought eight and four would be in August. So, um, look, they're playing really good football. Um, A&M's going to be a tough game, but you get past that and you really, really, really control your own destiny. I mean, A&M's got what this is, lost to Mississippi State and Arkansas. Arkansas. So they got two, but so, but if you're Auburn, you can't lose that because then you got A&M would have to lose again to like who? LSU. Well, I guess Ole Miss and A&M play. That could be a big one. Um, yeah. The West could, could seriously get nuts. Um, oh, it's 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 got the potential to be an absolute log jam the last two or three weeks of the season. Yeah, if Auburn it, loses A and M and then and then Ole Miss beats A and M and Auburn beats Alabama, I I'll do I don't even want to do the math at the moment, but it's yeah, it's gonna be down. chaotic. Um well, all right, man. Well I think look great win for Auburn. Um great atmosphere. Were you at the game? Oh, absolutely, man. I and I've been waiting on you to waiting on you to ask that question. I mean I I, I I literally was walking out of the game with my with my three daughters and my daughter, who is a senior at Auburn High School, turns to me and is like, Dad, why would anybody ever not want to play a game at night in Jordan Hare Stadium? Like, why would you why would you ever even consider accepting? She even said this. Why would we ever even want to play a 230 CBS game? That place was un real and to come out of the mouth of a 17 year old girl that'll that ought to tell you the level of impression it probably made on the recruits that were there it was oh it was insane man i mean the lights the everything about it was was unbelievably impressive and i i'm i can't wait i cannot wait to the next one i mean it's it's exciting yeah, the, 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 the lights add uh, such a different element. I mean, I've been to a lot of games, Auburn games in my life, and uh, some great atmospheres. But that, you know, the, the, the addition of those LED lights um, and, and the fireworks, but, but the lights, the, the whole light show, the way they do that, that's a whole different thing. I mean, that, that makes yeah. the experience a, a whole other level. You see that happening at Alabama and Georgia and these schools. But that, that added element, man, that makes the experience – uh, so much different and, and fun. I mean, I'm, I just was thinking about that today. Like 
that was a pretty cool atmosphere. I mean, that was pretty, um, you know, it doesn't, it's not just about, it was loud, but man, that, that just the production of that was, was really, was really well, much. And man, I, and I'll be the first to tell you, and I, I don't mind saying this at all. I, you know, when, when Auburn was, was putting in the led lights, I was like, why are we doing this? It's just keeping up with Joneses behind Georgia and Alabama. You know, let's, let's don't jump on that bandwagon and, was thinking it was going to be pretty corny and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And then, you know, 2020 hits. And I mean, if you think about it and I may be wrong, this is, I think this is like the first true night game that Auburn has had since 2019. Yeah. Cause like like three or four o'clock, I mean, in the summer still out basically. And so I, it was impressive, man, the production, the ability of, you know, kind of the app and the phones to, to be to be in sync with the music and that kind of stuff. I, I'm really, you know, obviously with that being the first one, you could tell there was a lot of folks that just had their flashlights up and did that. But as it goes on, I think it's going to be one of those things that it's going to it's going to catch fire. And I was like I said, man, initially I was like, oh, this is. This is this is going to be corny. It was for a 43 year old grown man. It was it was pretty darn cool. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, it was a cool atmosphere. Got got some good positive um, reaction from some recruits. Go to AuburnLive.com and you can read about uh, some of those. Some of those decisions, uh, Auburn should get a basketball commit, uh, should already have it actually, but I'm sorry, by the time you're listening to this on Monday morning, they should already have a big, big time uh, hoops commit, um, Chance Westry. So um, we'll uh, go to AuburnLive.com, read about that. All right, Ben, uh, thanks, man. Have a good time hunting. Uh, I'm just going to get back to working. Hey, you enjoy yourself. I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted while I'm sitting in the tree, buddy. Appreciate you having me, Hope. Thanks. Well, when are you coming back? Or are you gonna be driving next Monday morning? Are you driving back? Or how does this? How, how you know? What, be, I won't be. I'm I'm coming back early next Sunday, so I'll be coming off fresh off of the hills of what we hope is an Auburn victory in College Station. So, we'll be. Hopefully, we'll have some good stuff to talk about next week too, buddy. Yeah, that'd be great, man. All right, we'll be safe. All right, hope. See you, buddy. All right, see ya.